ربنا ربنا ليقيم الصلاة فجعل أفئدة من الناس وتهوي إليهم لعلهم يرزقون صدق الله العظيم Most respected علماء الكرام brothers and elders These are the months and the days of Hajj and this is a time that we should be taking the lessons of hajj and the lessons of sayyidina ibrahim ala nabina wa salatu wasalam and his family these lessons we hear over and over again and indeed we have to keep listening to them and keep trying to bring in that spirit that has been shown to us by Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam by his family and by all the anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam in general the quran sharif in numerous places repeats the incidents of the anbiya alayhi salam the musa alayhi salatu wasalam's incident out of the 30 paras of the quran sharif in 28 paras some part of the incidents of Musa alayhi salam are mentioned and Allah Ta'ala describes this the reason for bringing these incidents over and over again وَكُلَّنْ نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ مِنْ أَنْبَاءِ الرُّسُلِ مَا نُثَبِّتُ بِهِ فُعَادَكَ Allah Ta'ala says to Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam that we relate to you these incidents of the Anbiya alayhi salam and by means of these incidents we strengthen your heart so the incidents are not just some bedtime stories that's something for us to narrate to our children to try and get them off to sleep but these are incidents for us to take while we are wide awake and incidents for us to implement in our lives Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam his entire life and his entire story is the story of ishq and muhabbat like any other nabi of allah ta'ala but in his incidents this is the aspect that is glaring and at every step this is what is being displayed to us the lesson that give to Allah Ta'ala what Allah Ta'ala has asked for, what Allah Ta'ala has demanded, what Allah Ta'ala has instructed. And then Allah Ta'ala will give you what you want. Our situation is unfortunately the other way around. We first wait for Allah Ta'ala to do what we want, then we will decide to do what Allah Ta'ala has ordained upon us. So if you look into the life of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, there are numerous lessons. Over and over again, these lessons are mentioned in the Quran Sharif in different ways. But in his life, these are highlighted. 
he is still a very young person and according to some mufassirin he had already tawheed in his heart like any other Nabi of Allah Ta'ala but in order to highlight this foolishness of the people who were engaging in the worship of idols Ibrahim Salam looks at the various things around him the phenomena he looks at the sun rising the moon shining the stars and he uses these things to try and bring the reality to the people he sees the star shining says, this must be Rabb shining so bright then when the moon comes out and the stars cannot be seen he says no must be this can't be that star is very very dim compared to the moon and when the sun comes out he says no can't be the sun uh, it can't be the moon it must be the sun look at how bright this is but at the end of the day the sun also sets this is impossible my rub can't be some being that one moment he's shining and then he sets impossible I cannot believe in any of these things as being my rub so in this way he brought the reality to the people that look don't worship these lifeless things don't worship these created things the only Worship is only for the Creator. But when nobody was prepared to take heed, his own father is not prepared to take heed. So what does he do eventually? Salamun alaikum, astaghfirullah rabbi innahu kana bi That I am not going to become part of this idol worship in any way. In that all these idols that you are worshiping, this is something lifeless the height of foolishness and stupidity. I'm not going to be part of this. But what is our lesson now? Ibrahim Islam, what he did, the Quran Sharif highlighted it. But is there a lesson for us in it? Indeed. We would say, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with Iman. So where does this apply to us? Indeed, we have to make shukr for the Iman Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. And this is the greatest gift, the greatest bounty. But at the same time, we are being told to check within ourselves. That Ibrahim Islam, just as he pointed out to his people, that these idols around you are lifeless and you are worshipping them. These are things that are going to lead to your destruction by worshipping them. We are being told, check within ourselves. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, Afara'ayta manittakhada ilahahu hawa. Have you seen that person who has made his own desires his deity. They were worshipping some lifeless things. They were worshipping some stones and some other forms. But how many times we worship our desires? Allah Ta'ala is speaking about this. And then despite knowledge, then he is led astray because of the worship of desires. Despite knowledge, how many a person is not aware that the things that he is engaging in which are haram, that this is a sin, it's haram, how many people are not aware of that? 99.9% of people when they are committing some wrong, they are aware it's haram. Person who is looking at some filth on his phone, he knows it's haram. Person who is chatting on the chat lines knows it's haram. Person who is going to the gambling dens, he knows what this is all about. Somebody is taking and giving interest. They know the impermissibility of it. 
that this is waging war with Allah Ta'ala. But when a person has made his desires his deity, then despite the knowledge of what is halal, what is haram, what is permissible, what is impermissible, but when the deity has become the desires, then a person just becomes oblivious to everything else. And then he is now in the control of something else. He is being dragged along by his desires. Sharru ilahin ubida alal ard. One great personality of his time. He says the worst deity ever worshipped on earth. Somebody worshipped stones. Somebody worshipped trees. Somebody worshipped the cow. Somebody worshipped whatever else, the sun and the moon. But the worst deity, meaning false deity, the worst deity ever worshipped on earth is the desires of a person. Because this is what takes a person to everything else. So this is the first lesson Ibrahim Islam is giving us. Then comes further the stage now where he is calling towards Allah Taala, and nobody wants to take heed. So eventually what they do say rather throw him into the fire, burn him into a fire. Because he is now even breaking down our idols and whatever else. He is not prepared to conform. Because this becomes a situation. Person must conform to the society. Whatever the society is up to, he mustn't be an outcast. The whole norm that has been set over generations. Now where this person came in, now he wants to adopt parda and segregate the males from the females. He wants to just come and turn upset the apple cart. But there's no apples left on that card. As a result of shaitan having stolen all the apples wrong away. But now, any person who comes with the idea, with the suggestion, that no, we need to do things the right way. So that right way becomes the wrong way now. So Ibrahim Islam refused to conform to the deviation, to the false deities. So now they said, قَالُوا حَرِّقُوهُ وَنْسُرُوا آلِهَتَكُمْ Simplest thing is burn him, throw him into the fire. So they build this huge fire, such a huge fire that the Mufassirin mentioned that if a bird flew above that fire, high above, but the intensity of the heat was so much that though it's flying a huge, a great distance away from the flames, merely flying in the line of that fire would it would get roasted and drop dead into the fire. Nobody could get even close to it. So now how do they put him into the fire? They build such a huge fire, but how to put him inside? So Shaitan again came and whispered this idea. That catapulted him inside. This was Shaitan's idea to them. So in any case, they build this catapult and put him in there. And as they released him and he is airborne, now he's in the middle of the air, and he's going to fall into this fire. This was such a situation that even the Malaika were overwhelmed. That Khalilullah is going to fall into this fire. So the Jibreel takes the permission of Allah Ta'ala to assist Ibrahim And he rushes to him and he says to him that I'm here, I'm ready to help you. Where is he? He's airborne. He's not even on the ground yet. He's not still on the ground that now he's going to be thrown, they're preparing to throw him. 
He's already airborne. And when he's airborne, you're not stopping at any point to sit and think. You're in motion now. And at that stage, Jibreel comes to him and he offers him his help. Ibrahim in that situation also, he was after all Khalilullah. His heart was attached entirely to Allah Ta'ala alone. So he inquires from him, are you coming by the order of Allah Ta'ala? He says, no, I haven't come by the order of Allah Ta'ala, but I've come with the permission of Allah Ta'ala. I have come, I wanted to come, but I take, took the permission of Allah Ta'ala. He said, Amma ilayka fala. In that case, if you have come, you decided to come. Allah Ta'ala permitted you, but it was your choice. Then I don't need to turn to you. Can we imagine what level of tawheed? This is far beyond our imagination also. Not that it was impermissible, but his level was something else. He says, in this condition also, I cannot turn to you. If Allah Ta'ala sent you by his command, it's a different thing. But you've come, my Rabbi is watching what's going on with me. And my heart is totally submitted to Allah Ta'ala. When he gave himself to Allah Ta'ala, and when he did what Allah Ta'ala wanted from him, he didn't conform to whatever was being demanded of him against Allah Ta'ala's commands. He didn't just get washed away with the tide of the society and the norms and whatever else. He remained steadfast. Now that he is about to fall into this fire, but he has done whatever was required of him from Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala transforms that fire for him into a garden. He still falls in the fire. It's still a fire. And nobody else can get close to it. That heat is still there. But he's in a garden. And that became the best period of his life. The best days of his life was the life spent inside that fire. And for everybody else it was still a fire. For him it became a garden. Ibrahim. That become a place of peace and coolness for Ibrahim. What is the lesson that he gave us from this? That first we got to do what is required of us. And when a person is in the mouth of that problem, after having done everything Allah Ta'ala has asked him of, and he's now in the mouth of that problem, Allah Ta'ala will take care of him. Dunya is after all dunya. Dunya is not jannat. Jannat is that place where there is no name of any difficulty, any hardship, any pain, any suffering. That is Jannat. If we are expecting that to happen on earth, then we are in the wrong place. Earth is a mixture of everything. There's some happiness, there's some sadness. There's some joy, there's some grief. There's health, sometimes there's illness. Sometimes there's prosperity, sometimes there's some financial difficulty. All these things carry on in dunya. So dunya is not the place where we can expect that there will be no pain, no difficulty, no hardship, nothing of the sort. That is a place that, that cannot happen here. But despite the fires that sometimes occur in a person's life, whatever fires, fires in his personal life, fires in his family life, fires in whatever, in society, fires in his maybe financial situation, whatever it is. But he submits entirely to Allah wa ta'ala. He doesn't cross the line that Allah ta'ala has 
laid out for him. Then in the middle of that fire also, his heart will still be in the garden of peace. Dunya is dunya, he is also a human being, he is insan. He will also feel pain, if he is ill, he will feel the illness. If there is something to be grieved about, he is also insan, he will feel grieved. If somebody has, or he's fallen, he'll feel the hurt. He's injured somewhere, the pain, he's a human being. He's not a stone, he's not a pillar, he's not some piece of wood. So this is insan. But in all that, his heart will be at peace with Allah Ta'ala. His heart will not become a heart in turmoil. He will never ever be a person that is, can ever even contemplate suicide. He is not somebody that can ever get overwhelmed with the circumstances. His heart is with Allah Ta'ala. So this is the lesson Ibrahim Islam is giving us. That give to Allah Ta'ala what Allah Ta'ala has asked for. Allah Ta'ala will do what you want. And Ibrahim Islam did what Allah Ta'ala wanted. Then Allah Ta'ala gave him what he wanted. When this is maybe fast forwarding the incidents. But the point is to take the lessons. After having left his family in that barren place, Allah Ta'ala wanted him to do it. It's also part of the lesson. Allah Ta'ala commands him, take your wife and child, leave them in this barren place. Nothing, no vegetation, nothing grows there. And leave them and go away. Nothing for them to survive on. He describes it in the words of his dua, after he leaves them and he turns and when he's out of sight, he then turns to Allah Ta'ala in dua. Rabbi inni askantu min dhurriyati biwadin ghayri di zara'in inda baytikal muharram. Ya Allah, I've left my family in this place where it is totally barren. Where your house is. Rabbana liyuqimu salah. Ya Allah, this I've done so that they will establish salah. And then he made dua for them. فَجْعَلْ أَفْئِدَةً مِّنَ النَّاسِ تَهْوِي إِلَيْهِمْ Ya Allah, make the hearts of everybody inclined towards them. He did what Allah Ta'ala wanted from him. When he asked Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala is doing what he is asking. But Ibrahim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made dua, Ya Allah, make the hearts of everybody inclined to them. Ibrahim Sallallahu Alaihi himself became the recipient of this dua. It comes in the Hadith Sharif, when a person makes dua, الدُّعَاءُ بِزَهْرِ الْغَيْبِ مُسْتَجَابَةٌ person makes dua for somebody in his absence then that dua is accepted you're making dua for somebody that person not even aware we're making dua for him that dua is accepted and an angel says ameen to that dua and the angel makes dua for the person walaka bi mithal may Allah Ta'ala grant you the same also he made dua for somebody else the angels made dua for him Ibrahim Salam made this dua Allah Ta'ala turned the hearts of everybody in such a way to this family that Ibrahim Salam himself is that personality that every creed they respect and honor him. The Muslims, well, he is their forefather after all. And they are the ones who are most worthy of him. The Muslims are most worthy. But despite them being, the rest being deviated, even the Jews honor him. Even the Christians honor him. And everyone has a claim, though their claims are false, that we are the followers of Ibrahim All claim this. The real claimants are the believers. 
But this became the result of that dua after having done what Allah Ta'ala wanted him to do. When he gave to Allah Ta'ala what Allah Ta'ala asked of him, Allah Ta'ala did for him what he asked. Up to this day, everybody respects his family. Allah grant them the fruits. Now one is the literal meaning of fruits. The fruit that is eaten as a fruit. Even that literal meaning got, for, got accepted. To the point where, despite this being the, a completely barren place, the Harabain Sharifain, there aren't lush gardens there. But every fruit of the world will be available there. At any time of the year. This is the effect of the dua of Ibrahim And the word thamarat in Arabic is not restricted to fruit itself. That is included. Everything that is of good, Allah bless them with it. So that they may be grateful to you Allah. But the lesson is that after having done what Allah Ta'ala wanted him to do, now when he raised his hands in dua, Allah Ta'ala fulfilled what he wanted. So this is what the lessons are from this incident of Ibrahim wasalam, and this is we find in all the Anbiya the same lesson. That give to Allah Ta'ala what Allah Ta'ala wants, Allah Ta'ala will do for you what you wanted. And this is the lesson of this ishq, of this muhabbat. When Ibrahim Islam is being asked at the time when he's, being, when he's falling in that fire, he says, no, I only turn to Allah Ta'ala. This is the answer of a complete ashiq. Somebody whose heart is filled with the love of Allah Ta'ala. He can only turn to Allah Ta'ala. Now he's asked to slaughter his son, he's ready for that. This is the aspect of ishq, of muhabbat. When the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala overwhelms a person, then he can only do that which will please Allah Ta'ala. And he will be looking out for things to do what will please Allah Ta'ala. If it means that doing some ibadat at a certain time will please Allah Ta'ala, he's ready for that. If it means helping some poor person will please Allah Ta'ala, he's ready for that. If it means making the ikram of some person and honoring a Muslim, inna min ijlalillahi ta'ala ikrama zishaybatil muslim. For example, in the hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that it is part of the honor for Allah Ta'ala. It is to respect and honor Allah Ta'ala that a person makes ikram and honors a Muslim of advanced age. Somebody who has become old. Now he might be a total stranger to us. But he is a Muslim of advanced age. Nabi Islam says to respect him, to honor him is to honor Allah Ta'ala. Subhanallah. What our deen has taught us and because we have abandoned what deen has given us, we are looking around at the lifestyles of others. So we are living their lifestyles in terms of even how we treat our elder people, how we treat our own parents sometimes, how we treat the elderly and sick in our community, that they become like a burden for us. Whereas in this hadith, Nabi Salaam is saying, that this is part of the honor for Allah Ta'ala. Inna min ijlalillahi ta'ala, ikrama dhi shaybatil muslim. And the person who has the Quran Sharif, to respect him is to respect Allah Ta'ala, the bearer of the Quran Sharif. Person who is a hafiz of the Quran Sharif, 
person who is an alim of the Quran, to respect him is to respect Allah Ta'ala. That person who is practicing on his knowledge, the Beast Allah is saying to respect him is to respect Allah Ta'ala. وَإِكْرَامَ دِسْ سُلْطَانِ الْمُقْسِدِ And to respect and honor a just ruler. This is all part of respect for Allah Ta'ala. Now if that is going to please Allah Ta'ala, he's ready for that. If doing any other good deed, whatever will earn him the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, that is what he is all the time looking out for. This is the lesson that he is learning from this. This is a muhabbat. This is an ishq. That ishq drives a person. And nothing else comes in the way then. Then that nafs that tries to waylay him, he is ready to just suppress that nafs. Because this cannot come in the way of his pleasing Allah Ta'ala. And after all, he's insan. Sometimes he can maybe slip up somewhere. Then he will even punish that nafs. Abdullah bin Umar on some rare occasion, if he happened to miss his Isha Salah with Jama'ah, that must have been out of some real, something out of his control. But because he missed his Isha Salah with Jama'ah, he would punish himself. In inverted commas, he would perform ibadat the whole night. How dare you miss your Isha with Jama'ah? He'll perform ibadat the whole night to compensate for that. Aun bin Abdullah, rahimahullah, he once, his mother called out for him, shouted to him. So he replied, but when he replied, sometimes maybe out of whatever his frame of mind was at that moment, so he replied in a way where his voice was raised above the level of the voice of his mother, which is a kind of disrespect to raise one's voice above the voice of one's parents. So as soon as this happened, he got shocked that how did I do this? So now this was something that shouldn't have been done, but it happened. So now in order to teach himself the lesson, we are always ready to teach others a lesson. Sometimes somebody does something and somebody encourages us that, okay, don't worry about it, forget about it. So now I have to teach this person a lesson. Otherwise he'll keep doing it to everybody else. If I don't teach him the lesson, then he'll do it to everybody else. Allah Ta'ala specially sent me down to teach him a lesson. But to teach myself a lesson for all the times that I'm not learning what I'm supposed to learn, to teach myself a lesson, that is something and nobody else must teach it to me also. I won't teach it to myself also. But these people were on a different mindset. When he immediately, when he realized that this was not the right thing to have done, he went and freed two of his slaves immediately. Now freeing two slaves, for us, because obviously there's no slavery anymore, so it doesn't sound like anything much. But to understand it in context, freeing two slaves for our purposes, we can say like he, he owned maybe two cars, he gave both the cars away. In Sadqa. Because that was the value of a slave. So he gave his two cars away. So these two cars were given away to teach the nafs a lesson. How dare you speak like this? So many a times we get caught up in so many things. But in order to bring that ishq and muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, this nafs will have to be subdued. This nafs will have to be suppressed. And it will have to be taught how to remain subdued. It will sometimes have to be subjected to that pressure. But when a person subjects it to that pressure, 
then it becomes very, very subservient. But it doesn't happen without that pressure. So we are very, uh, almost always ready to teach others a lesson. The issue is for us to teach ourselves a lesson. To teach our nafs a lesson. To put the nafs in its place. And Ibrahim wasalam, he taught us this practically. When the command came to slaughter his son, in that same instance he instant he put the knife on that desire to keep his son with him because it's a natural desire of any father but when the order of Allah Ta'ala came that that desire now will be cut immediately the son the knife on his throat will come in due course by the time he gets there and takes him to the place of slaughter but the knife was put on that desire in that same moment in time this is what is required of us to learn from these incidents from these days from these ibadats, that while we are busy fulfilling the ibadat of qurbani, this is not just some ritual that just in passing something we had to do, we did it and we went on. But it is something to take a lesson for us. It is something that we have been put practically through so that we live this lesson. We go ahead with it in life. That we put the knife on all our haram desires. We put the knife on even we in moderating those things that are permissible but that can come to the borders of haram. So we trim that. Don't let it come too close to the borders. Nabi Salaam says that when a person grazes very close to the royal pastures, he's taking his animals right on the border of the royal pastures, what's going to happen? He's not going to be able to control it. An animal is an animal after all. That will just cross the line and it will start grazing in the royal pasture, he's going to be in great trouble with the king then. Because he now trespassed into royal grounds. Nabi Islam uses this example and says, Every king has some royal pasture. The royal pastures of Allah Ta'ala are the things that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. Don't ever graze near that also. Because you start grazing near it, you're going to start grazing into it. And when a person starts grazing in whatever Allah Ta'ala is forbidden, now he's inviting the broth of Allah Ta'ala. So these are the lessons that we have to take in these Mubarak days to bring the lesson of giving to Allah Ta'ala what Allah Ta'ala has asked from us. Allah Ta'ala will then do for us what we need to do. To put the knife on all our haram desires. To totally submit to Allah Ta'ala and to develop this love of Allah Ta'ala in our hearts. May Allah Ta'ala grant me and all of us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi Sadhguru. <laughs> وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا 
على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله لا اله الا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم हो जाए मेरा दिल एक मैदान हो तो ही तो हो तो ही तो हो तो ही तो गैर से बिल्कुल ही उठ जाए नजर तो ही तो आए नजर देखो जिधर और मेरे तन में बजाए आबोगिल दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल नफ्सो शैता दोनों ने मिलकर हाई किया है मुझको तबाह ए मेरे मौला मेरी मदद कर चाहता हूँ मैं तेरी पनाह मुझसा खल्क में कोई नहीं गो बद किरदार नामासिया तू भी मगर गफ्फार है यारब बख्श दे मेरे सारे गुनाह अब तो रहे आखिर वृदय जबाए मेरे इनाला 
چھوڑ دے سانی بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہم لکا الحمد کلہ و لکا شکر کلہ اللہم لا نحسی ثناء علیک انت کما اثنیت علی نفسک جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہنو ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا و اللم تغفل لنا و ترحمنا لنکونن من الخاسرین لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا راحم المساكين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان إله العالمين يا الله most merciful Allah most gracious Allah most kind Allah most forgiving Allah most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله Ya Allah, we have raised our hands, Ya Allah, in hope of your mercy, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you are the most merciful, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you are the most gracious, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you are the most forgiving, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you love forgiving, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, your forgiveness is for sinners, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are the sinners, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are begging for your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, forgive the sins of the night, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins of the day, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins we did deliberately, Ya Allah. Forgive what we did mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, shower down your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, shower down your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the suffering of the ummah, Ya Allah. Throughout the world, wherever the Muslims are suffering, remove their hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Remove the oppression from the Muslims, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, remove the oppression from the Muslims, Ya Allah. 
Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, hold back the hands of the oppressors, Ya Allah. Give the oppressors also hidayat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if hidayat is not decreed for them, Ya Allah, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, bring such a punishment on them that the entire, Ya Allah, mankind till Qiyamah will take a lesson, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, those who are suffering poverty, Ya Allah, give them food to eat, Ya Allah. Those who are without shelters, give them shelters to live in, Ya Allah. Those who are without clothes, give them clothing to wear, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you fulfill the needs of each one, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, remove the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Allahul Alamin, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you safeguard us, Ya Allah. Don't leave us to ourselves for the blink of an island, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, if we are left to ourselves, Ya Allah, we'll destroy ourselves, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you protect us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you hold us by our forelocks and take us to good, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, save us from every haram, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save our eyes from every haram, Ya Allah. Save our ears and tongues from every haram, Ya Allah. Save our hands and feet from every haram, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save our hearts from haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, let us live the lessons Ibrahim gave us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, enable us to submit ourselves totally to you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those who have passed away, fill their qabrs with nur, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, raise their stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Take us on iman and kamil, Ya Allah. Take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, make our qabr's gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we don't deserve anything, Ya Allah. But out of your grace and mercy, give it to us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, don't take us to task, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, don't take us to account, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have nothing that we can give an account of, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we only have weaknesses and faults, Ya Allah. We only have sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, what account can we give, Ya Allah? Ya Allah, out of your mercy, Ya Allah, erase all our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us good deeds in place of the sins, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, out of your grace and mercy, give us Jannatul Firdaus, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who are sick, give them Shifai, Kamila, Ajila, Mustamirra, Daima. Ya Allah, those who are in financial difficulties, remove the difficulties with Afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, whatever problems and hardships anybody is suffering, Ya Allah, remove their hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those who are present, Ya Allah, you are the know of the unseen, Ya Allah. You know the cry of each one's heart, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, remove each one's difficulties and hardships with Afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah, grant them the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, in these Mubarak days, enable us to do the maximum a'mal, Ya Allah. Let us please you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the wealth of taqwa, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from every haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, distance us from nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu asked for. Ya Allah, we also begging for all that good. Whatever Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sought refuge from, Ya Allah, we also asking protection from it. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri musta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag. Wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-alayhi al-azim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi Sayyidina محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين